Our scripture reading today comes from Isaiah chapter 40, verses, uh, we'll go one through five. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and a rough and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out! And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And yes, I went over. (laughs) We, like John, are called to prepare the way of the Lord for his return. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. About 30 years had passed since the flurry of excitement over the birth of John the Baptist and the strange reports from the shepherds of Bethlehem about another birth. The world soon forgets and returns to its normal drudge. Many of those who had witnessed those times were now dead. Israel had returned to its gloomy sleep, but things were about to change. No one really knows much about the early life of John the Baptist until this point. Speculations suggest that his parents died, and he was adopted by the people of the Dead Sea community at Qumran. There may be some merit to this, but who really knows? But John, like those of Qumran, was a man of the desert. Whoever raised him had to make sure that John kept the strict laws of the Nazareth. He could not drink wine or strong drink. Neither could he cut his hair. In 30 years, it would have become quite long by then. He lived in the wilderness area of Judea, clothed in animal skins like Elijah the prophet, and ate wild honey and honeycomb and perhaps even locusts. So the appearance of this John must have been shockingly different than the average church member of his day. I imagine John the Baptist as the first hippie. If he were to walk into the church today, most folks would be shocked and probably shun him. But it was he of strange appearance who had been called by God for a very special mission, and not some respectable religious person like Nicodemus, the Pharisee. God does indeed work in mysterious ways. 
his wonders to perform. And when the time came, he appeared suddenly on the scene. It would be a wake-up call of the first magnitude, nothing short of a spiritual earthquake. John was just a few months older than Jesus, the one who John was to announce the coming of. The mention that Jesus was about 30 years old when he came on the scene would allow for this age of maybe 28 to 34, somewhere in there. But most importantly, isn't the age, but it's the reason that John the Pop Baptist came. Hundreds of years ago, the prophet Isaiah had made a prophecy by the Holy Spirit about this particular day. Some think Isaiah was writing about the return of Israel from Babylonian captivity, as Cyrus is mentioned later. Other critics think that a later person made this prophecy after the fact, and this was added perhaps to the book of Isaiah. These do not think that not even God knows if there is a God at all or can prophesy the future. But since God is sovereign over history and knows the end from the beginning, there's absolutely no reason that Isaiah could not have made this prophecy in about 750 B.C., It became obvious that this Israelites stayed in, I'm sorry, it became obvious that this Israelites stayed in Babylon, and the book of Esther shows that the Jews were scattered all over Persia. In Jesus' day, they were also scattered throughout the entire Roman Empire. Other than for a short period of independence under the Maccabees, they were the political subjects of a foreign power, either Persia, Greece, or perhaps Rome. And they were still in subjection when this John the Baptist came. God obviously had something in mind concerning this prophecy in Isaiah. The Dead Sea community understood that there was something other about this prophecy. They took the words, in the wilderness as the place where they were to build a new way. They separated from the corrupt high priesthood in which the Hasmoneans had made the Judean leader the high priest rather than the sons of Aaron. And it was even worse when the Romans appointed the high priest, which resulted in Annas and Caiaphas. John held a similar position even though he was the son of a priest. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness areas to prepare Israel for the coming Messiah. But unlike Qumran, in the wilderness was the place where the cry would come from rather than the place of preparation. He would call people out of Israel to repent. But when they did... They returned back to Israel rather than remain in the wilderness. The Christian community which he was called to prepare the people for was no monastic community in the desert, but rather a call to look for Christ in the wilderness 
of salvation, civilization, in the public eye. The metaphor that Isaiah used was that of road building. People like straight roads without too many curves, undulating terrain like mountains and valleys, and potholes in the roads. Ooh. The ideal street is really level, wide, and straight. Engineers do their best to accommodate this desire, including going to expensive and difficult feats, like burying right through mountains to create passes. We, we try everything we can to get a straight road, but it doesn't always happen. And anyone who has driven our roads knows that uh, we have crooked, pothole-ridden roads, and they're no fun and often quite dangerous. I don't know any one of us that doesn't grumble navigating our roads each and every day. But Isaiah was not giving a course on how to engineer physical roads, but a moral and spiritual one. Mountains of pride and sloths of despondentness needed to be dealt with. People by nature are perverse and crooked in their ways, and their lives are anything but smooth. The bride of Christ was to be without spot or wrinkle. Human lives are hardly a reflection of God's glorious character. Our lives look more like the tortured Judean wilderness from which John the Baptist cried, full of deep and twisting ravines, land of dry heat punctuated by flash floods, an abode of the dead rather than the living. A lot of changes had to be made. Even though John cried in the desolate wilderness where few could hear, the word got out. They would come out to see the salvation of God. Some would believe but many would not repent. But still, God was true to his word. John the Baptist had come to announce the way of Yahweh, who would soon burst on the scene. We know the rest of the story. So now we can fast forward nearly 2,000 years to today. The same Jesus whom John had announced the coming of, who lived was rejected and crucified, buried, resurrected, resurrected, and then ascended, as he had promised that he would. And then he would return for his bride. We can see from history that God's sense of time is way far different than ours. The passage of nearly 2,000 years is but just a couple of days to him. But for us, it seems an eternity. But God has broken into our sense of eternal waiting and is about to do so once again. This same Jesus calls us to prepare the way of this Advent. We have to be the John the Baptist of our day. 
even if it means that we have to shock people out of their sleep. It seems that we have been assigned to the ghettos of the wilderness in which to make our cry. Is anyone listening? If we have to be voices crying in the wilderness, let us be faithful to the message John brought. God will cause the message to be heard. It is not time to rock people to sleep with smooth and empty religious words. It's time for shock and awe. We must realize that there is a cost for being faithful to the gospel. John's faithfulness cost him his head. Jesus was crucified. This same Jesus calls us to deny ourselves and take up our cross every day. The cry of the Christian is not, come and dine, but come and die. Die to our sins. The dining comes later. Later, with the coming of the kingdom in power. In the meantime, we struggle to cut a straight way in a crooked world. May God cause us to be bold and faithful. Amen. Let us pray. God, please provide the Holy Spirit that we may be bold in proclaiming the coming of Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.